Are you guys with us? We know you are. So here's how you can help. First, share this podcast with your friends. We can't grow without you. Second, go to www.dmwpodcast.com and check out our merch site. I guarantee we have some great stuff that you're going to love. And your purchase helps support the show. Lastly, keep on leaving positive reviews and follow on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Deadman Walking Podcast. As always, we appreciate your prayers as we continue to bring glory to God. No worries. Exploring theology, doctrine, and all of the fascinating subjects in between, broadcasting from an undisclosed location, Dead Men Walking starts now. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast. You know, Keith, I think we're finally going to get this thing going. I'm talking to Keith right now. Uh, we already did an intro once. We had mic problems. We had video problems. We worked through them. We got about 10 minutes into an episode and we realized, oh, we weren't recording anything. Uh, I say we as if Keith had anything to do with it. I wasn't. So, guys, welcome to another episode. We appreciate you sharing. We appreciate you going to DMW Podcast, checking out our merch cave, supporting the show sharing with a friend and uh, listening along. Um, I want to give this guy, I know I already gave his name away on this intro. Okay. It's a Keith. So if you know a Keith out there, you're halfway there. All right. But uh, let me give him a proper intro. He's a pastor at Sovereign Grace Family Church for the last 16 years or so. Host of Conversations with the Calvinists, an awesome podcast. Go check it out and make sure you subscribe. And he's a creator of some denominational TikTok videos that are hilarious. And they've gone viral. Millions of views across all the videos. And you can find that at Conversations WA Calvinist on TikTok. It's Mr. Keith Foskey. Keith, round two. Here we go. How you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, very glad to be here and uh, thankful for our recent budding friendship. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so we met at the Shadows to Substance Conference down in Tullahoma, Tennessee. You came up from Florida. I came down from Michigan. We met in the middle, and uh, we had a good time. Yeah, you've become sort of like my my uh, my unofficial conscience. I send you stuff, and I say, "Hey, <laughs> is this too is this too much?" Did I go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the I'm the wrong person to send that to because it's never too far. I like pushing the envelope. I know you do too. I know you always do it with respect in your videos, but it is kind of fun. Uh, you know, we we're in this this culture where everyone's the same, everyone's equal. And it's like, well, no, uh, within, within races, within culture, within denominations, we have differences and they're kind of fun to uh, poke fun at and to point them out. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, I do it. I, you know, one, one brother said, you know, I like that you do it with a twinkle in your eye and I do try to do it with a twinkle in my eye, you know, the sense that I'm doing it in a good spirit, but there are things that are worthy of being made fun of. And that's why we're doing it. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Give us a little short bio. I know you've been pastoring for quite a while, but uh, give us the the Keith Fos Fosky rundown for us. Uh, well, I was uh, I'm pastoring the same church that I grew up in. I've been in the same church since I was six years old. Uh, my stepmom was the first person to introduce me to church, and she brought me to this church. And uh, I, I didn't get saved until I was 19, but when I got saved, God uh, began to draw me to the pulpit. And uh, when I was um, about, I think, 21 or so, a couple years after I got saved, I preached my first sermon, and uh, God confirmed in my heart that he was calling me to preach and to be in ministry. So the church affirmed that, paid for me to be able to go to a local seminary, Jacksonville Baptist Theological Seminary. Mm. I spent many, many years there learning uh, the Bible and learning how to preach and uh, learning the things necessary for ministry. And 
Uh, but I didn't learn to be a Calvinist because the, the seminary I went to was anti-Calvinist, uh, but I was reading the Bible and studying the Bible. And so I came to the conclusions that the doctrines of grace were true. Mm. And um, the church still hired me <laughs> uh, as a pastor, and uh, and the church was actually not a Baptist church. The church was non-denominational. They used to be affiliated with the old Disciples of Christ, which is a very liberal denomination. Yeah. But um, but we we were more, we were always more socially conservative, but just theologically sort of nebulous. Um, but I began to preach the scriptures and the people began to respond. And within a few years, God moved here and we felt we experienced what we call true revival. And that is God changing a people over time. Mm. And you see the results of that change happening in experienced over time. And, and so we, we changed our constitution. We changed our name. We went from being forest Christian church to sovereign grace family church. And, uh, that was about 12 years ago. And wow. we're thankful that God's continuing to work. Yeah. So, so you came into a church, Calvinistic and Baptist, and the church was neither of those. Basically. Yeah. And, and they hired me a hundred percent vote. And I think part of it was because I, I had the, you know, I had the family, the family, uh, trust because I'd been here since I was a little boy. Sure. And, and I think they, that one, a lot of the older people referred to me like the church's Timothy, like we, like I grew up here and I had this sort of tie to the community and there was some trust that was, uh, that was there. And I'm, I'm thankful that they continue to, to entrust me with preaching the, the scriptures. So I'm thankful for that. Awesome. Uh, I think you're kind of a good salesman too. I think that's a little bit of, well, the Bible sells itself. Let's not sell. So the Holy Word, Holy Scripture short. Uh, but uh, yeah, so 16 years. When did you start the podcast? How long has that been going on for? It actually started during COVID. Um, everybody started a podcast during COVID, so I had to jump on board. It started as a daily Bible reading, and um, I was just reading the Bible, giving an explanation. And after a, a year of doing that almost every day, and we called that Coffee with a Calvinist, it was a daily reading like with a, that. with a little explanation. And then after a year, I was like, I don't want to do this every day anymore. I want to do it once a week, make it more of a, uh, an interview format where we, where we have conversations. And so now, so we changed it to conversation with the Calvinist and that's been going on for two years. Wow. That's awesome. And how long have the videos been going on? Because these things have just blown up and I'm going to play one for the listeners. And if you guys are listening uh, make sure you go to our YouTube website and watch us, and then make sure you go subscribe to him, uh, to Keith on YouTube as well. But where'd the idea and and how long have you been doing the the videos? Uh, this actually started as a um, it was my wife's idea. Uh, I always credit her with this because she's the genius, she's the smart one. I just happen to be a good a good actor, but she's the <laughs> but she's the she's the she's the brains. Uh, I'm uh, you know, and uh, one day we were just sitting and talking, and she said, "Hey, what would it look like if all the denominations had a meeting?" And so that was the first interdenominational meeting. And when we and a friend of mine convinced me to post it on TikTok and within a day it had hit over a hundred thousand views. Wow. And that video now that that video and a couple other videos are are, you know, have have reached over some of them have hit up to seven, eight hundred 900,000 views uh, on those first few denomination videos. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, this is a, a two, little over two minute clip, but I want the listeners to, to hear this. We're going to, we're going to take a seat here. And this is one of the clips. If you're listening to this, essentially it's the different denominations getting together for the Super Bowl party, which I absolutely love this one. And uh, so, so if it seems a little confusing, he has the denomination responding if you're just listening. So make sure you go watch it. 
And uh, let's take a listen and a watch. Welcome to our interdenominational Super Bowl party. I'm excited to watch the game together. I am sad to say that the IFB and the Church of Christ won't be joining us tonight. They're both having extended evening services where they're preaching on the idol of professional sports. Also, I just got word the Anglicans won't be joining us because apparently right now they're too busy fighting one another. So what's everyone <laughs> looking forward to the most tonight? I'm really looking forward to the halftime show. You like the halftime show? No, I'm sure it's going to be worldly garbage. I'm just looking for things I get to rant about on Facebook as soon as the game's over. Well, my plan is to drink a nice German beer and right around the third quarter, starting a fight with a Roman Catholic. I don't think you're going to make it to the third quarter. Hey, what did I do? You showed up. Well, I also plan to enjoy the game while drinking a beer out of my John Calvin glass. You guys are concerned about the Super Bowl, but I'm concerned about superior theology. Hey, I'll only be drinking out of a John Calvin glass, but I'll take a Pope Francis glass if you got one. Sorry, I don't celebrate popes or hippies. Bro, check it out. This is one of our biggest Sundays of the year. This morning, our pastor came out. He had a football jersey on. He ran from the back, and all the deacons chased him wearing referee uniforms. After his sermon, he spiked his Bible, and the youth group came up onto the stage, picked him up on the shoulders, and carried him out after they poured Gatorade all over him. It was awesome. Did he really spike his Bible? Listen, if you love Jesus, you're going to spike your Bible after a good sermon. I, for one, was very happy when they switched to synthetic footballs so that those young men don't have to keep touching the flesh of dead swine. Hey, I understand exactly what you mean. Anyone else want a pork rind? I'm not worried about who wins. I just want all those young players to have a good time. I am looking forward to the commercials, though. That he gets me commercial. Who gets me every time. I'm not here to have a good time. I'm here to remind you that this game is nothing but a giant excuse to celebrate human aggression. It's like Robert Downey Jr. so eloquently stated. Violent ground acquisition games such as football are, in fact, a crypto-fascist metaphor for nuclear war. I'm here to be a present reminder of the failure of our nation. Your presence here is a failure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so good. Uh, first of all, I don't like how accurate you are with the Presbyterian. As a Presbyterian myself, <laughs> I'm a little upset that you know us so well. Uh, you know, and it's kind of funny because your superior theology has become like quite a popular hashtag. I'm seeing it all over Facebook now. People will just literally comment something and then just go superior theology. And you're going, and it's, it has nothing to do with one of your videos. I'm just seeing it around, and I'm going, this guy's created a hashtag now. <laughs> but the, uh, I also, I do, have, I do have something to say though. I don't like that when you do big Eva, they're dressed like me a lot of the times. I, I think I need to get, <laughs> either I need to change what I dress. You know, I can't the hat backwards and the t-shirt. I think maybe I need to get into the sweater vest to become a little more Presbyterian, according to you. Well, the, the, the Big Eva is actually marketed at, or, or, or modeled after Rick Warren. Okay. And, and that's why the last video I did was kind of funny because Big Eva said, I thought he was already one of us because the, the video was about him getting kicked out of the SBC. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't, I didn't want, I didn't watch that one yet and, and I'm going yeah. to watch it. But, uh, yeah, guys, go check it out because you're always, how much, how often do you put off, put out content? It's quite often. We put out one podcast a week, uh, and that's pretty much every week. Uh, every once in a while, I'll take a week off. But in general, we have at least one podcast a week, and that's an hour show. And I do at least one funny 
or uh, educational video every week that's a short form video because not everything not everything i do is funny i have put out short form videos that are educational like i did one last week on uh lent and and the, the question was can calvinists celebrate lent now it wasn't a one minute video it was about a it was it was a shorter video but it wasn't it, it wasn't a full podcast but that one got a lot of attention so it, i do it i do about two videos a week one podcast and one short video Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Covenant Real Estate. And why not? It's my podcast and my real estate company. But seriously, I've absolutely enjoyed helping clients buy, sell, and invest in real estate over the last 12 years. My brokerage serves clients in Michigan and Ohio, with more states coming soon. When I started this brokerage, I wanted to ensure that my expertise and knowledge would serve every one of my clients. I take my fiduciary responsibility to my clients very seriously. That's why I named it Covenant Real Estate. Not only is a covenant a contract in the legal sense, but it's also a solemn promise from myself to each of my clients. I will do my absolute best to serve you. It's also pretty cool that our name has some theological implications as well, which is a great conversation starter. And here's the best part. My agents and I have extensive experience in helping people buy and sell residential homes, buy and sell commercial properties, as well as investing in real estate and selling and purchasing recreational and vacant land. Covenant Real Estate can help you with all of your real estate needs, and I would love the opportunity to earn your business. So if you have real estate needs in Michigan or Ohio, call me at 734-731-GREG. That's 734-731-GREG. Or click on the link in the description of this podcast episode you're listening to right now. Remember, Covenant Real Estate. Confidence from contract to close. Yeah, which I like because it's like you do serious stuff and then you do funny stuff too. We're laughing at the interdenominational funny stuff, but you know I can jump on your Facebook page or your YouTube page and I can see you preaching. Uh, I can see you having serious conversations, which I like. I don't like that sometimes we feel like we have to be in one camp or the other. Oh, you have to be a Christian comedian or you have to be a theologian and pastor. It's like, well... Um, you're a pastor, and the Lord has also gifted you with uh, a quirky sense of humor, which seems to be connecting with a lot of people, right? So why can't we do both, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, and that's that's something that I, I hope people understand, because I, I don't want— I don't want to be just a goofball, but I am a goofball. So, right. so I, you know, so I can, I can be, I, and this is something my mom said to me years ago, it was probably the, the most— the, the kindest comment I ever heard, and I know it's my mom, so, you know, your mom's always say, but, but this was, this was meaningful. She said, um, she said, I like that you are the same wherever you are, yeah. that you're, whether you're at church or whether you're at home, you don't, you're not putting on a show when you're at church and be, and being a, you know, Right. Putting on a pa pastor's hat and be that now. But I can be serious when it's time to be serious. And obviously I'd, I'm not a comedian in the pulpit. But and, and that's why I post videos of my sermons, little short clips of my sermons to show I'm very serious about God's word. But I also think there's things that are funny. And sometimes the best way to point out mockery is to mock things in a humorous way. No, absolutely. What I like about those two is is I feel like you you really think about the the material instead of just 
going kind of uh, generic, right? Like, for instance, and I'm going to refer back to the Presbyterian one, the, the clip we just watched. He's holding a glass with a face of John Calvin on it. And I know three guys that have that beer glass, right? Like personally well, that's, from my church. And I'm like, how did he know? You know what I mean? Are we that trans, that stereotypical, and that transparent, you know, or, or the big Eva guys with a little bit of a Tommy Bahama look. Like I've met so many older big Eva, like Tommy Bahama guys. I'm like, I know that guy when I watch your video, I'm like, I know him. So it's like, do you, do you interact with all these people? And so you kind of get it. Or are you hunting and pecking and, and trying to find a character? Or how do those come about? Some of it has been by, by sheer, uh, you know, providence of God. I, I'm, I'm a Calvinist. So I don't believe in luck, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but by, by God's providence, uh, there are certain things that just happen. Like I own that glass. I have a set of four glasses. It has, um, St. <laughs> Augustine, John Calvin's Charles Spurgeon. And then one of them has the five solas, but it was given to me as a Christmas gift, like five years ago. Yeah. And every time I, every time I have a group of men at my house, that's four or less, we break out those glasses and that's what we drink out of everybody gets to pick their favorite right um so so when we were talking about the super bowl i said wouldn't it be funny if the if the presbyterian were drinking out of a john calvin glass and then if you notice the lutheran is drinking out of a german beer stein because my yes. dad my dad worked for anheuser-busch so i actually have a collection of beer steins that were you know from anheuser-busch so oh that's cool yeah, and and I love the uh, the uh, and not to stick too much on one video, but just to kind of explain to people the the beauty of these is like the progressive at the end too. I mean that little paragraph that you rattle off. I have been in conversations with progressive air quote Christians, and they sound just like that, where it's like nineteen oh, yeah. big words together that make no sense. Uh, I can't even remember everything you said there, but I, I'm listening and I'm going. Yeah, he said. I think he's had some conversations with progressives himself. That's pretty accurate. Well, what's funny about that one, and this this also ties into another weird infatuation of mine, and that is with eighties, uh, the the nineteen eighties. And you and I are the same age. Yeah. Uh, we learned we learned that on the trip. But um, I grew up, you know, the eighties. I had a I had a brother who was five years older than me, and he was pop culture fanatic. Yeah. And so I, he introduced me to everything. That line that I quoted from Rodney or Robert Downey Jr. is from the Rodney Dangerfield movie, Back to School. He says that in the movie. Okay. So, so the quote, he says, ground acquisition games such as football are nothing but a fascist metaphor for nuclear war. And I remembered that quote from seeing that movie so many years ago. And so I just quoted him in there. And only one guy on Twitter said, hey, you made a reference to Back to School. I said, yes, I did. Yes, well, is. see, I, I grew up in a pretty fundamentalist church, so TV was from Satan, so I missed a lot of the 80s culture stuff. I still have friends to this day go, oh, the Goonies, and I go, I've never seen that. And they go, Star Wars, I go, I've never watched any one of those all the way through, you know, and they go, what? You know, uh, so I got some catching up well, to the, do on that, so I didn't catch that reference either, but still funny. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, next time you're next time you're in Jacksonville, we're going to have a movie a movie night. I'm going to introduce you to all the things you never got as a kid. <laughs> right. So why why go the comedy route? You're a serious pastor. You're preaching the word. You're exegeting. You're you're shepherding, which is a very serious and as you know, and we've talked about a very serious thing. And I I, I wish more pastors took that a uh, little more seriously. Today it seems like we hand that out like Oprah handing out cars. You're a pastor. You're a pastor. You're a pastor. Right. 
But I know that yeah. I know that you have the conviction of what a true shepherd is. It's a very serious job before the Lord. But then you have this side where it's a little bit lighter and you're embracing comedy and things like that. Are are you a are you a stand up comic guy? Do you like comedy? Have you always been interested in that? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, that's a great. The last part of that question I'll start with, and that is, do I like stand up comedy? I do. In fact, stand up comedy is is absolutely like one of my favorite forms of communication and media. I love clean stand up comedy. Dry bar comedy is a uh, is a place where you can go and listen to clean comics. Yeah. Uh, guys like Josh Sneed and others uh, who are on there. You can also go on to uh, Nate Bargatze, who is probably yeah. one of the leading comics in the world right now. He is a uh, he is a clean stand up, and um, if anybody knows Nate, I want to talk to him. His dad was a magician. I was a per- I was a professional magician. <laughs> I worked for a prof- as a professional magician for three years. I would love to talk to Nate just about what it was like to grow growing up as a as the son of a magician. So um, yeah. So if anyone's listening out there and you know Nate or got contact info, let's get him in touch with Keith. I think that'd be a good episode. Uh, his new standup is is absolutely hilarious because he comes from growing up Christian in the 80s and 90s. And he's like, that's the most Christian you can be. And I relate. It was like, you know, ACDC is against Christ and Devil's Companions. Cabbage Patch Dolls are spirit demons. And TV is, you know, <laughs> He-Man is mystical, you know, uh, what you know, Antichrist. And it was like, yeah, you grew up in the 80s. Uh, you, and you were a Christian, you were the most Christian. So there's some parallels there probably with you and I that, uh, Nate has as well. And then really quick, I'll t- you want me to tell you a funny Josh Sneed story? So, sure. I love Josh Sneed. He's, fu- he's hilarious. He's awesome. Yeah. And he, he's kind of local. He's from Cleveland. So he's about three hours South of me. So years ago, I'm talking early two thousands, my buddy and I, my buddies and I, we would camp at Michigan international speedway for a whole week during the NASCAR race. Okay. And oh, nice. Okay. Josh Sneed had a bit about NASCAR, about going down to Kentucky and making fun of a woman who, or he's making fun of racing, and she comes up to him and says, "Hey, you know, NASCAR just ain't a redneck sport." And he goes, "So I looked her in her one good eye, and I said, yes, it is.' You know, <laughs> and uh, it, and so he does this whole bit, and it's making fun of. They collect the KFC collectible buckets of chicken and this and that. Right? It's every cliche of a NASCAR. And my buddy and I loved it so much that we would play that at our campsite. We had like tents set up and campers and we had a big screen TV and people would come and they would watch it as we're all kind of hanging out. So years later, he shows up in Toledo, Ohio or Perrysburg, Ohio, about 20 miles south of me. And my buddy and I go, this is 10 years ago. We go, hey, let's go watch him. Right. So we're geeked in our minds. We've been listening to watching Josh Sneed for 10 years. We got the bit memorized. We're grown men, though. So it's a little weird. right? <laughs> here, come, here comes Josh. He's getting out of his, you know, Ford Focus. He just drove up three hours and we're standing outside and there's no one in line. It's a small club. We go, Josh, let's go down. We're talking to him. We're fanboy, and he's looking at us like, guys, settle down, right? You know, and we tell him the yeah. whole thing about the bit, right? And uh, so we go in, we watch the show. At the very end of the show, he launches into that bit. Now, at this time, that bit had been like eight years old, and we're going, whoa, me and my buddy go, whoa, that's crazy. How, what's the coincidence that he did that bit when we were there? Years later, I'm on a, like two years ago during COVID, I'm on a clubhouse with him. Uh, you remember Clubhouse uh, sprouted up for a little bit where people could talk? back and forth over the app and they were, and I was in a room with him and I told him that story and he goes, 
yeah, he goes, I just did that for you guys because you were such fans. I didn't, wasn't doing that bit. And I went, oh, I'm an idiot. Of course he did. You know what I mean? <laughs> he just pulled it out of his yeah. back pocket because two guys were really excited. Two grown men, which was really weird. So big shout out to Josh Sneed. He does a really funny NASCAR bit. Go look it up on YouTube. And he did it just for me and my buddy in a room full of 150 people. So he, he's an A-plus in my book. Awesome. So awesome. you're a big stand-up guy. Who's, your, who's on your Mount Rushmore of uh, comedy? Oh my gosh, uh, this could get me in trouble because uh, uh, remember I grew up in the eighties. Okay, so um, well, we're saying again, for, and we're I grew saying up for comic genius too. There, if you mention someone that has some blue stuff in there, we understand that we're not promoting that, but we're saying from a comedic genius standpoint, who would be your top four? Okay, so um, again. I was, uh, I, I didn't become a Christian until I was 19. So I grew up <laughs> listening to the, and the first one I'm going to mention may get me, may get me in trouble, but remember that nobody knew anything at this point, but the first, the first stand up that ever made an impression on me was Bill Cosby. Same here. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I've listened to Bill Cosby himself so many times I could recite almost the whole show and I do at times make the jokes from the show, even here 30 years later. So Bill Cosby was one of one of the ones um, favorite that was favorite just, two uh, favorite two bits for Bill Cosby is when the parents leave him there to go out to eat and they put invisible snakes everywhere snakes you get out of here okay. snakes that one and then the snowball one <laughs> yeah. the snowball where he where he wanted to hit the guy with the snowball and his mother had thrown it out so he just went outside and spit on the guy do you remember that bit <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that one I remember the the childbirth. Oh, that my one. wife called to me from the balcony of our California home, Bill, <laughs> and I became excited. And I said, "Push, push!" <laughs> and they handed me and said, "You just had a baby lizard." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, he's got so a, Bill, he's, not to stay too much on this, but he's got a great bit too, where he talks about how the dad throws the football with the son, practices every day, takes him to football out at night, running passes, running routes, gets to the college, gets him in admissions, goes through four years, gets to the NFL, becomes a rookie, gets paid, gets out of the and then he goes, Hey mom, you know, the hey, first mom. Interview. Yeah, yeah. Mom. <laughs> I relate to that one since my son's in football, but that's funny. So so Bill Cosby was number one. Um, you know, and again, growing up in the eighties and nineties, uh, you know, there were a lot of guys who just who I listen to. I, I, and again, like you said, there's stuff that's in there. I don't even, I, I, I hesitate to mention, but I do want to mention two guys who were, who were very clean and, 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 and actually three, I'll mention three that were very clean that were, um, that, that I listened to all the time. One, let's do that. Some, yeah. Three, you're four clean comics. And let's do that. Okay. So the first one was a man and, and this guy, again, this guy's got some skeletons in his closet, but his name was Mike Warnke. Oh my, Mike, the, the fake Satanist. That's right. But Mike yeah. Warnke, I listened to his album so many times yeah. um, because they were so funny. And Mike Warnke could tell a story like nobody's business. He was the yeah. best storyteller I ever heard. So Mike Warnke was one. Dennis Swanberg was one. And you may not have ever heard that name, but he I was haven't. he was a he was actually called the minister of encouragement. That was what they called him. He was a he was a stand up who went and did stand up at churches. He was Tim Hawkins before Tim Hawkins was alive. Okay, and he and he was an impressionist, and he did Don Knotts and Jimmy Stewart and all those old uh, actors. 
and and they call him the Swan, Dennis Swanberg, the Swan. And I I tell people look up the Swan. He's hilarious. His story of being a Methodist and going to a Baptist college. He went to Baylor University. Okay. He said he said I got there and they made me get baptized. And the, this deacon told me he said you got to put on this culotte outfit so we can baptize you. He goes I came here to play football. I ain't wearing no culotte outfit. He goes you will if you love the Lord. <laughs> so, so it's it's yeah. it's great great uh, church comedy. And the and the last one. Is not a stand-up, but he is. A, he, I could still consider him a comedic genius, and that's Ray Stevens. Oh yeah, Ray I, Stevens music, absolutely. We I got a hold of a Ray Stevens audio tape, like a cassette tape, when I was really young, probably like seven or eight. Somehow, like one of the parents had it or something. And then looking back on it, some of the songs I was listening to, I was like, yeah, that's probably a little too young to be listening to, uh, you know. <laughs> Arab, the, the, Ahab, the Arab, or whatever it was, right? The gay pirate. Yeah, exactly. The gay, right? All this, you're like, what the heck? And, uh, hey, uh, what was the one Again, with Tar- Get Tarzan, right? Uh, I think that get was Tarzan. Yeah. Yeah. Me and the monkey like to get drunk. You like to get funky. You're like, what the heck am I listening? What are my parents letting me listen to at eight years old? You know, he, he had a song about, it was called Vacation Bible School, and it's about a guy. Who who they they spiked the punch bowl at Vacation Bible School, and he said he said the the pastor got up and got to preaching, and he said that Samson didn't take no sass. He whipped the Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. But to tell the truth, he got all that a little out of order. <laughs> all, oh yeah, and, I forgot about that, him. Yeah, yeah, so Ray Stevens is one I could still. I my kids listen to Ray Stevens. That's you know funny. the good songs. I, I I forgot about that. I do remember grow, growing up very legalistic, right? We weren't allowed to uh, watch a lot of TV, listen to music. Uh, there was a saw. There was a there was an artist called Don Francisco. Do you remember this guy? I don't know if you do. Uh, mm-hmm. He did an no. Easter song called "He's Alive." Well, he had an album, and on one of them was it was mostly guitar. It was like folk, kind of folk Christian. And I remember we would have to like sneak and listen to the song with drums when my parents were out of the house. That's that's the kind of kind of how it was uh, growing up when I was real young. But somehow my grandmother, who is Polish, okay, came from Poland. So all the jokes with that, she was she was Polish. She goes, here, take this audio tape and listen to this. And it was the Cheech and Chong Christmas special. So I'm eight years old in my room. My brother's, you know, seven, a year younger. And we're listening to this. And we don't know what we're listening to. You know, we we come. My parents come in and there's just this audio playing of like, we take a little magic dust for Santa Claus, a little more for the reindeer, a little more for Santa. You know, and we're like, oh, this is funny. You know, Santa Claus, the one with the bony knees walking on the street with those shoes on his feet. And we're like, we're singing it. And my parents go, where did That's you get? Funny. So I always think back to those times, too, where you stumble onto some stuff probably before you should have. And you're so innocent as a child, and then you look back and you go, "What the? You know, between Ray Stevens and Cheech and Chong, what the heck was I?" Doing? Uh, well, I have a I have a question. Do you know who Doctor Demento is? I, I'm familiar. Yes, I don't have everything memorized, but yeah. Well, Doctor Demento, I think I think was the one who discovered Cheech and Chong, but he had all kinds of funny stuff, and I used to have one of his like albums, and it was it was nutty, but it was funny. Yeah, it was very funny. So guys like you and me who really enjoy comedy, um, I, I always have to ask because I did a reaction video on this. Where do you put? And I'm gonna give. I'm gonna f- show my hand here because I think he's one of the greatest comics of all time. Uh, where do you put Norm Macdonald on your list? I, 
I really have trouble. I, I have trouble with some of the lines he was willing to cross. Uh, but oh, like 90% I think, of them. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I, I have to, you know, I have to be honest. I, I think he was the best SNL, uh, newsman. Sure. I think the stuff that he did on the SNL, I still listen to that. Sometimes I'll pull it up on YouTube and just uh, the stuff he the stuff he would do with OJ, the stuff he would do with yeah. Bill Clinton during the 90s stuff that I remember I was living that watching that happen. So I think I think he was a, I think he was very talented, very brilliant. Yeah. Um, and uh, but but I'm. Okay. Some of the some of the lines he crossed, I was just like, Ugh, I can't enjoy that. It's sort of like, um, you know, yeah. you know, like Andrew Dice Clay. I don't know if you remember him. Sure. But that was a big name back in the 90s, 80s, 90s. And he crossed so many lines that it's like it's it's hard to even mention his name. You yeah, know? I'm the but, same. But, I'm but, the same way with Norm, too. You just go. You don't want to promote it. There's so much garbage uh, that he, lines that he crossed, but then you get a hold of some of those those old timey jokes that he would tell, and he would stretch it eight nine minutes. Yeah. And you go, where is this going? Uh, and then he'd give you yes. some stupid punchline where you just went, oh yeah, he's he's a genius. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess. Well, that's why that's why one of the ones I didn't mention earlier would have been Eddie Murphy. Oh, because well, you know, I mean, his stand up was there there was a lot of bad words in it and again I, I was not a believer when i heard it but sure. but no one could question that he was that that he's talented you know oh, his sure. yeah and that that that's the that that's where i say you know there there are guys who were just super talented and yet you know i can't i it's hard to enjoy them now well that's why yeah. guys like Nate right Nate Bargatze you you absolutely love because you I, I like so I'm a big Jerry Seinfeld fan. My dad makes fun of me. He goes, he's not funny. You're an idiot. Anyone who likes Jerry Seinfeld is an idiot. Right. Uh, you know, and I go, well, no, I just like the fact that he could take something mundane and clean and something that uh, most people would have to add something perverse to. And he just pulls a little gem out of it. Nate's doing that so well right now. I mean, I'm, I'm yep. telling you, if you guys are listening to this, go, go watch his special on, I think it's on Prime. It's it's pretty clean. There's one thing where he says something about two dads, but he doesn't allude to anything illicit. But it's uh, it's one of those things where you go, oh, yeah, you can work clean. And comedy is a beautiful yep. thing. And it's a common grace that the Lord has given us. And we're allowed to laugh. Yeah. And I forgot there was one other name. And now, I'm, again, you're pulling it out of me because I'm thinking through. <laughs> and <laughs> right. the one the one name that I should have mentioned that I didn't mention, and it's unfair that I didn't mention his name because he has been a huge uh, spot on my wall as far as persons that I listen to. Uh, and that's uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, Foxworthy's classic. I mean, Foxworthy, uh, from what I understand, he sold more albums than, than Cosby. Anyone. As far as just, I think he's just, a top yeah. selling artist. Yeah, and and a lot of people give him grief for being the redneck comic, but man, he made a living out of that, didn't he? I well, mean, here, he just, here's that the was crazy thing. thing. So his "You Might Be a Redneck" was the most popular thing he did. It's also the least funny. That like and that's then, right, and it's super funny. <clears throat> his "You Might Be a Redneck" is super funny, but if you watch his actual sets, his stand up, that's probably the least funny of his bits. Like if you watch yeah. him on Blue Collar Comedy Tour or anything like that, I mean, he's just got good solid, funny. Most of the time it's husband, wife stuff, but it's good. It's fun. Yeah. And it's crazy yeah, how to, people to, forget to, about those too. To this day, my wife and I still make the same joke. Every time we're having money issues or we have some money conversation where the guy came to repossess his Camaro and he said, yeah, you, you, you need a check. Heck yeah. I can write you a check. I thought you wanted money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's I'll pay the whole thing off right now. And yeah. that we, every once in a while, my wife will say, will you take a check? Yeah. And then, what she's referencing that, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, isn't it? I've told young guys that too. Isn't it great when you've been married for a while and you just have a best friend that you have a bunch of inside jokes with when you have, like Oh, absolutely. A, like a wife. That's one of the, probably one of the greatest things of, of being married is just having that partner when you truly do love each other and you got all those weird little funny jokes with each other. Uh, they know exactly what you're thinking. Me and my wife, we have little codes that we'll say back and forth and she'll smile. She'll know exactly what I'm saying, even though no one else in the room knows. Yeah. Uh, I just say, and I, you know, like I said, it's, it's grace from God. I, I mean, I believe in Proverbs 31, right? It's a, 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 pro, a wife is, is a gift from the Lord. So. So this is a quick recording from my friend Greg over at the Dead Men Walking podcast. He had me on the podcast yesterday, and I'm really grateful. And he asked me a question I wasn't really ready for. He asked me about my Mount Rushmore of comics. Who would I put on my personal Mount Rushmore of stand-up comedians? And I didn't like my answer, so I decided to record a new one. Number one, I would put Brian Regan. Brian Regan is hilarious. He's clean, and I love him, and he makes me laugh every time. Number two, I would put Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy is one of the best-selling comedians of all time, and it's because he is hilarious and I love his stuff. Uh, number three, one that most people don't think about, is Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson played Biff in the Back to the Future movies, but he also is a terrific stand-up comedian, and if you've never heard him so- him sing the song, Stop Asking Me the Question, then you, know you need to go listen to it right now. And finally, and number four, uh, I wish I'd have mentioned this on the show yesterday, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg was a one-liner comedian who was absolutely hilarious. And as he said, an escalator can never break. It can only become stairs. And that's just the kind of comedy that he was, and he was great. Also, honorable mention to the late, great Rodney Dangerfield. Thanks, Greg, for having me on the show. I love you, brother, and look forward to doing it again. Oh, Amen. man, we're going all over the place on this thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, so I want to talk about the videos just a little bit more, and then we're going to get into a fresh 10 segment where we get to learn a little bit more about you. And then, of course, we will judge you against uh, others who have answered those questions, like uh, the James Whites and the Doug Wilsons and the uh, Tom Askels that have answered those questions. So just remember, when you answer in the Fresh 10, we will be, we'll be secretly judging you as listeners. So I hope that doesn't you know, give you any pause. Well, being on Twitter, being on Twitter for the last six months has let me understand just how, just how to deal with judgment for sure. Yeah. So you're doing these videos. They're going crazy. Uh, what do you got coming down the pike, um, in the way of videos or do you, do you foresee you keep doing this? Is this like, Hey, people are responding. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Or did you just do it to kind of get it off your chest? And now you're like, yeah, if I do another one, I do. If not, no big deal. No, I've got, uh, we've actually, we, we now have like writing time that my wife and I do because she, she's, she's the co-author of all these videos. And so we actually, on our phones, we text back and forth script ideas and we'll be putting them into a note folder where we can put them together. Um, just this last week when I did the, the Saddleback one, um, that was, that was, that was like a last minute idea. And my wife actually said this, she said, you got to do this now. Cause this ain't going to be funny two weeks from now. Right. And that, and I, and, and, and that's, that, that's true. Right. Like she's like, so, so like strike while the iron's hot. If you don't do this now, it ain't going to be worth anything. So, um, so, so we are thinking like, like we want this to be, and even my elders have recognized that there's 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 a blessing in the ministry of getting you know getting out there and letting people see what you know you know through the humor and 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 I can't tell you how many people have sent me emails and said I came for the humor but I stayed for the serious. Yeah. And I like that and 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 I don't know if that'll ever become like a tagline, you know, come for the funny, stay for the serious, but uh people are now 
finally, finally, you know, they're they're hearing sermons. They're 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 going, and and we've had new people join our academy. We have a free Bible academy that our church provides to the community, and it's online, and it's a two-year free program for anyone who wants to take eight core classes in in Bible and theology. We have a survey of church history, survey of Old Testament, New Testament, apologetics, uh, doctrine, uh, ethics. It's a a two-year program based on my seminary experience. I, I wrote these classes based on classes I took in seminary, and it's all free. And this is one we've had new students sign up because they saw the funny videos, because they found out who I was. They went to our website, they saw the academy, and they joined. So I, I, I we see it as just like a, it's just an avenue to meet people. It's yeah. it's just like when Ray when Ray Comfort walks up to somebody on the street and does a magic trick. Yeah, all he's doing is trying to create a relationship so that he can have that conversation. And 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 that in one way is that's what this is. This is my way of saying, hey, here I am. I have something to say. Here's something funny that will get you to look at what I'm doing and let's and now let's have a more serious conversation. So there is there there is that. Where can people find those classes? Where what website? Well, the 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 academy is connected to our church and our okay. our church's Facebook or our church has a YouTube page all its own. If you want to find our church on YouTube, it's SGFC Jack Sovereign Grace Family Church of Jacksonville. SGFCJAX.org is our website, or just go into YouTube and type in SGFC Jacks. It'll take you to the page and you'll see, uh, we live stream all of our sermons, services, and classes. It's all there. And if you want to contact me, just send me an email at calvinistpodcast at gmail.com and I can show you how to sign up for class. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that makes it all worth it then. Like you said, people coming for the funny and then being able to stay for the serious or, or stay for the glory of God. I mean, that's it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up. You want to play some Fresh 10? We're going to go through some random questions. We're going to find out a little bit more about Keith. You ready? Absolutely. Here we go. Y'all, can we kick that one more time? Let's go. All right, here we go. Fresh 10 with Keith Foskey. We kind of covered this a little bit under the Mount Rushmore, but I want you to narrow it down to one, your biggest comedy influence. Who is it? One person. Doesn't have to be a comic, just your biggest comedy influence. Um, gosh, because I, <laughs> I, I've already said, you know, the guys uh, that, that, that were on my mind. Um, then you can I, say I would probably, I, I'm going to go back. I am going to say I spent probably more time in my life listening, listening to Jeff Foxworthy, uh, say, you know, I brought him up and, uh, that would probably be the one that I've listened to more than anyone. Okay. Uh, question number two, what do you wish you had known 10 years ago? What's something you think about and you go, boy, that would have been nice to know t- t- my 10 years older person. If I would have known that <laughs> my funny part wants to say, I wish I'd have known how well Tesla was going to do. Uh, because <laughs> right. I would, because I would have bought stock in Tesla. Um, you know, I, there are things that I would, um, there, there are just things about scripture that I've learned in 10 years, things yeah. that I have gleaned, uh, that, that, that have made me a better preacher, better pastor, uh, manage my time better. So I would just say, uh, probably time management skills are things I wish I would have, I would have, I would have accomplished more in the last 10 years if I would have known them what I know now about how to manage my time better. Yeah, that's good. So important. Question number three, what three albums are you taking with you on the deserted Island? If you can't get through three, at least give us one album that everyone should take with them on the deserted Island. Oh, um, 
<laughs> These are so. No, don't uh, say Ray Stevens. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, I'm gonna uh, now. I'm gonna out myself because okay. I do listen to I do listen to secular music, and some people mm-hmm. think that's a that's a no no. Um, but I do. No but um, the, the uh, there's there's a, there's a there's an album called The Rocky Story. And it's all the songs from the Rocky movies, not just one, but all all of the Rocky movies no up way. until Rocky Four. And it's it it is every time I go to the gym, I turn yeah. it on, and that's what I listen to. And so it's like the most motivational music. Like even <laughs> even 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 listening to um, uh, uh, was it Living in America by uh, uh the yeah. the uh, who's what was his name the 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 uh. Oh goodness! Anyway, just that—that's my—that's like my motivational album. So if I was on a desert island and I was having to kind of stay alive, I think I'd have that. <laughs> so <laughs> we'd come back in two months. You got a Taj Mahal built. You got well, <laughs> Wells dug. You're like, what's he always listening yeah. to the Rocky uh, soundtrack? All right, question number but four. Also, oh, go ahead. I was going to say also, Sovereign Grace Music uh, has uh, an album that I really like. I can't think of the name of it right now, but Sovereign Grace puts out a lot of great stuff. So uh, if I just wanted some worship music to take with me, I'd want to take that. There you go. Question number four. What properties do you try to buy when you're playing Monopoly? Are you a boardwalk guy or are you like, uh, you know, a, a St. Charles? Do you go for the railroads or do you not play Monopoly um, at all? No, I'm a Monopoly king. Uh, my my kids will no longer play with me, but I am the guy who buys everything I hit. I buy it all. I okay. just I try I because what I do is I buy early yeah. and then I trade later. I yeah. demand trades and I force my children and my wife into a corner and uh, end up taking everything they own. <laughs> so. First of all, I love how serious you're talking about this. <laughs> no, 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 like you I got just, so yeah. serious. We just talked about like the Lord comedy. But when I mentioned Monopoly, your eyes narrowed and you were like, oh, I back them into a corner. Those kids are. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, oh, my gosh. If you ask my You're my twenty four year old daughter, if you ask my twenty four year old daughter, she still won't let her boyfriend play uh, Monopoly with me. <laughs> yeah, so you're like me. You risk that uh, fine line of just like buying everything and being completely broke. You're just like, I just got to get around. Go get eighteen dollars right. for my name. Buy it all. You're not broke if you own where everybody has to live. I love it. All right, uh, question number five. What's one movie that you can just watch over and over again? What's something you can put on? One one crazy summer with John Cusack and Demi Moore. I've seen that movie well over a hundred times and my kids love it. We still watch it when we need white noise in the background. We play it when we're cleaning the house. It's been played on my TV more than any other movie ever. Interesting. I've never seen it. I'll have to watch it now. All one, right. One crazy summer. Yeah. Moving right along. Question number six. All right. You get in the, get in the DeLorean, the flux capacitors fluxing. We're going back in time. We get up to 88 miles an hour. Are you going back into the past to visit your great, great, great grandfather? Or are you going ahead in the future to visit your great, great, great grandchildren? I am. Um, and I will judge your eschatology based on this answer. Well, I was just fixing <laughs> to say, uh, I'm an, um, I'm an amillennialist. So All um, right. I'm not. I, I, I sort of believe gen- uh, uh, that Jesus could come back any time. And so I'm a little afraid to say I want to go into the future because I don't want to end up in oblivion because right. I missed the, the second coming. So I'm going to go backwards in time for safety. I know that's happened, but I don't know when Jesus is going to come back. So, yeah. Uh, so that's my. Yeah. Every every post mill guy I've had on here has answered that question. Oh, we're going to the future to see what we built. I'm like, yeah, that, oh, that makes well, sense. That. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just not sure it's still here. So, right. All right. And I do have that. And I do have that question as a Back to the Future nerd. And and you just again touched an area of my life that's very important to me. I actually have like models of the DeLorean in my office and stuff. So like this is a nerd spot for me. Um, what would have happened if Doc Brown would have went past? The uh, yeah went past the second coming. It's over. I think it's all been, done. Yeah, floating out there in 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 space and in nothingness. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We, we never okay, planned. So that, for, we never planned for the second coming in time travel talks. You know, never, never. <laughs> we should. We should always. We should always plan for that. Uh, so if I was answering question number five, that would be a movie that I can go back to. I've watched uh, Back to the Future probably all three hundreds of times, but probably just the first one a couple hundred times in my life. I I, lo- I really like that series. All right, question number seven. What's the best piece of advice someone has ever given you? It just got serious. Yeah, I'm I'm really trying to think. Um, when someone criticizes you, it doesn't mean that they don't like you. Oh, I like that. Man, that's that's and, good advice for uh, this, <clears throat> this culture right now, huh? Yeah, and, and it really does because I think we always think that criticism is accompanied by animus, and it's not. If we can take criticism in a, in a positive way, it'll make our life better. I 100% agree. Moving right along, we got a couple questions left. Question number eight, you're a creative. Are you most creative in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening? When are those creative juices flowing? Between 10, 10 p.m. and midnight. Dude, I 10 think... 10 p.m. to midnight. I feel like stepbrothers. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> we just became best friends, yes. We like yep. Back to the Future. I, my brain doesn't start until 8 p.m. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. I'm the same way, man. The sun goes down and I start having all kinds of great ideas and I wake up the next morning and go, half of them were crap. But you want to know what? I stayed up till 2 a.m. working <laughs> on them anyway. Question number nine. Got two more left. What is one thing people would assume about you that isn't true? Just based on your kind of online persona or in-person persona, what if they just meet you, what's something that they would assume about you but is not true? Uh, well, I, I'm going to get real serious for a minute. A lot of people make assumptions because of my weight mm. about my, about my active life. A lot of people probably think that I'm just, you know, not very active, but I teach karate. I've been, I have a fifth degree black belt in karate and I've been in karate for 30 years. Wow. I go to the, I go to the gym multiple times per week. Uh, I do struggle with eating. That's probably one of the areas that I, that I deal with most because I, because I tend to eat poorly because I do have such a busy schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to, uh, you know, eat things that are probably not best for me. And I, and I've tried to work that out as far as trying to figure out ways to make that easier, yeah. uh, to, to eat better. And my wife is a, is it tries to help me with that too, but I've been big all my life and people make assumptions about big people. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so I would say that's probably the thing people assume is that I'm just a, a lazy person and, right. uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, we're getting personal now on the, uh, dead bed walking yeah, podcast. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for sharing. Uh, last question. Here we are. Who is the one theologian dead or alive that you'd want to interview on your podcast? Now we can't include James white because I just listened to that episode. He was just on, I know he was one of your favorites, one of my favorites, that and for anyone listening right now, go out and listen to Keith's interview with him. It was phenomenal. I'm, I'm telling you, just the way you guys converse back and forth. You knew what he was talking about. He knew, you know, you guys were both on the same page. Very good. So and, you can and you nobody can else. James. Nobody else knew what we were talking. About. The, the problem is, I did. A lot of okay. Seven seven people did. Out of the ten thousand people yeah. 
listened to it. Seven people did. I was one of the seven, and I loved it because it was so particular about what you guys were talking about. I went, this is a perfect James White conversation, and you could tell he was enjoying it so much. Uh, especially even when you were like, you remember when I brought up food to your, uh, <laughs> and I just sat there quietly. He's like, no, but that sounds creepy. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, that, that's, it was such, it's, it's just a good episode. They, they need to go the listen cheeseburger. to cheeseburger. Yeah. The cheeseburger. Yeah. But so you can say James, if you want, but someone you haven't had on one of your favorite theologians dead or alive that you'd you go, I'd love to sit down with them and have a 20 minute conversation. Uh, you know, I, I had the opportunity to, to sit down a, a couple of times with R.C. Sproul when he was alive, back mm. when he used, to hold, he used to host the pastor's conference for Ligonier. It was only 100 people. That, that, it was like 100 slots that were open, and you had to sign up a year in advance. Yeah. And when you, when you signed up, you paid a $100 registration fee. But when you went, they would give you um, your room and board were all paid for, great meals, and they gave you a $100 gift certificate to the to the bookstore. So you really didn't pay anything to go to this thing. Yeah. And I got to go, I got to go two years in a row and sit in a room full of a hundred men listening to RC Sproul, Steve Lawson, um, Ligon Duncan, all those guys. And again, this is, this is 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. But the, the, the few short times I had with RC that were just like in passing or when we got to talk like little short conversations, they were some of the most meaningful in my life. And even to this day, I remember what we talked about. We talked about football one time because I knew he was a Steelers fan and sure. he talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And at that time we had Maurice Jones drew. So if I could sit and talk to him for an hour, yeah, you know, that, that, that would be a joy to my heart. But again, obviously he's with the Lord. So maybe we'll have that opportunity when we see each other again. There we, that, that, if I, yeah, yeah. There we go, man. Ended it so well. Guys, you heard it here first. That's 10 fresh questions with Keith. His favorite theologian is a Presbyterian. He's on his way there himself. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Keith, thanks for taking time out, sitting down with us. Uh, sorry for all the troubles we had getting this episode going. I tell you what, we pushed through, though. We had video problems and audio problems and recording problems, but um, I'm so appreciative of your friendship, first and foremost, and then also of you coming on and just talking with us. Uh, man, do I love those videos. I love your preaching. I love your podcast. I love everything you're doing. Um, you know, uh, short of uh, having James White and Joel Webbin to plug their ears, I'd have to say you might be my favorite, maybe second favorite Baptist now. Uh, or maybe first. I don't know. You're making a run for it, you know? Uh, but you're doing so many good things, man. And I know it's all for the glory of God. I know your heart. We talked for quite a while. We had some great theological discussions down at Shadows to Substance. I'll be releasing some of that too. I'll send it over to you first so you can uh, so you can preview it before I release it because you had some really good stuff in our breakfast that we did. I'm trying to clean up the audio on it right now. It came out a little bit shaky in that room. But um, man, I'm so grateful for the Lord that uh, we uh, have, have created a friendship and hopefully um, it's a long one. And I'd love to have you back on anytime you want to come on and discuss funny stuff, serious stuff, whatever it is. But before we go, throw out everything to everyone, the socials and everything too. Where they can get get a hold of you. Absolutely. And also, just so you know, this is going to reciprocate because I want you on my show as well. I want to introduce our audience to you. So <laughs> right. we'll be doing that. We'll be doing that soon. Do uh, you can find me on Twitter at your Calvinist. That's that's my handle on Twitter. You can also find on uh, 
If you just go to CalvinistPodcast.com, that takes you right to the YouTube page. If you want to know more about our church, especially if you're in the Jacksonville area, it's sgfcjax.org. We'd love to have you come and visit with us if you're nearby. Um, uh, uh, TikTok, of course, is out there. Conversations, W.A. Calvinist. I, I wish the name was Your Calvinist, but we, we did it before <laughs> that sort of became a thing. Right. And uh, you can anybody who has a question is welcome to email me directly at CalvinistPodcast at gmail.com. I, I answer the emails as best. As, as much as I can. Um, and uh, just just don't ask me to write a book. That's all I ask. People sometimes <laughs> send me theological questions. And if it's something that a book says better, I'm just going to send you the link to a book. So. Send you a link to a yeah. book. Yeah, I love it. All right, yeah. Keith, brother, thanks so much for being on. Uh, Keith Fosky, everyone. Blake Bortles, number one fan, I heard, uh, as a Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he looks like. He looks like the Easter Island statues. He's got, <laughs> oh, he that dude's too. got a. Dude, got a long you put face. his face. Yeah, he does. Oh man! All right, we're gonna go out with the with something funny. There you go, guys. Keith Fosky, <laughs> thanks, man. As always, guys. Chief End of Man is a glorified God. Enjoy him forever. God bless. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.